The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. We're at Voice America. Catherine Zox with Lauren Bella. This is our first day on Voice America. We are at, uh, what is 10 o'clock in the morning, right, Lauren? And it is 10 o'clock in the morning on the eastern, on East Coast and 7 o'clock in the morning on West Coast. How are you this morning, Lauren? I'm excellent, Catherine. How are you? Yeah, you know, it doesn't feel too much different to me, does it to you? No, but I'm going to think tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, tomorrow <laughs> isn't Friday, though. <laughs> it is. What's today? Today's Wednesday. Anyway, Voice America, folks. Yeah, this is very cool. So, you know, I say how are you. I know how you are because Lauren and I were on another show yesterday or the day before, whenever it was. We did a whole program together, which was a lot of fun because we're used to talking together, so it's pretty easy. We seem to have no issue with that. Do you critique the show after you've, you know, do you listen to it afterwards? Because I could always listen to the show in its entirety, whatever show I've been on or whatever show I do, because I really think it's important to do that, to get a feel for how you sound. And I think sometimes I talk too fast. What do you think? Our guests, you can call no, in. The guest call in number is 866-472-5787. 866-472-57. Comments, whatever it is, my family, Does please Catherine don't call in. Too fast. You know what? I don't think that you speak too fast, Catherine. You're from the Northeast. I'm from the Northeast. That's what we do. And um, it's okay. I, I don't know. I think some people might think you talk too fast, but I don't think you talk too and fast. And who are those some people? What? Who are those some people? Yeah, who hopefully think I they'll talk call to... in and tell us. Let's ask when they call in where they're from. Right. Come it'll be on, helpful folks. to get a sense of where in the country people are thinking we speak too fast. Guest call in number 866-472-5787. Catherine Sox, Lauren Beller. Well, I don't know. Can we talk about Sarah Palin or not? I mean, is she gone? All gone. I think it's smart to think she's gone. But, Lauren, she isn't totally gone because I saw that perhaps she is going to be getting or she has a $7 million book deal coming her way. I didn't hear that. Well, you know what? It's, someone's going to pick up on it for sure. Someone's going to pick up on who she is. But she'll only keep going if we keep talking about her. All right, so okay, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> Secretary of State, what do you think about that? Too much of a conflict of interest between Hillary Clinton and Bill uh, not going to happen? I don't know. I, I hope it happens for her sake. Um, it would be a shame if it doesn't happen because of Bill. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, I think that you know the more I hear about it and the vetting process and you know his involvement, I think it sounds like there perhaps is too much of a conflict of interest. I don't know. I mean, he's so he's all over the world. He is talking to the same people that she would be talking to, except he has a vested interest with his foundation. How do you keep the two separate? I don't oh, that's know. It's a great. It's a really important question and. Well, I guess only they can, not they, the Clintons, but the administration needs to answer that question. It's a really important question. But I'm, I'm totally impressed with who he's putting together for a team, aren't you? Yes, I am. I, I actually heard Rahm Emanuel last night. I was in one of my insomnia nights, which Uh-oh. happened <laughs> on C-SPAN, and he was uh, very articulate, very direct, uh, you know, uh, he, was, he was great. So, yeah, I am impressed with all the people, and even John McCain. I'm impressed that he's. I'm totally impressed with John McCain. I can't. I can't imagine what they're going to do together. But I'm impressed that at least gave, he gave him the time. Michelle's mother, Michelle. Oh. 
Obama's mother is the same age as John McCain. She's 71 years old. Interesting. So, and she's going to be living in the White House. I heard that, at least part-time. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think I would want my mother-in-law, if I were married, which I'm not, living with me necessarily <laughs> in the White House. Because I, I just want to say, Michelle, being the First Lady, you will be able to get help. There will be nannies available to you. Uh, this is just a little advice coming from your social worker with the microphone. You may not need to have your mom in the White House with you necessarily all the time. Have a room for her. She can come and stay a month at a time, six weeks, whatever. But as a on a regular basis, you may not need her. Things have changed. You are lady number one. And and on the other hand, Catherine. Yes. Did you hear the news that in the entire during the entire campaign, Michelle never missed a night with her kids. She always got either home or flew them in with her. Did you hear that? No. She, yeah. She wait, never. She missed. got home or she had them flown to her. Yeah, one or the other. Either they traveled with her or she got home that night before they went to sleep or by the time they whatever. She didn't miss a night. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So I get the kind of mother she is. She's um. I can totally relate to it, too. I I can Um, relate to it, too, although, to be really honest, and I want you to be honest, when I was trying to do those kinds of things, I was running a business with my ex-husband, and we were traveling all over. We were actually... Uh, the, the name of the business was Managing AIDS, AIDS in the workplace, like in the late 80s, and we were one of the first companies to go into corporate America. I did the whole training program for AT&T, IBM, those kinds of companies, and we did this corporate training programs for, for managing AIDS in the workplace when it was all new and people were scared and, and we did these fabulous programs. But I, and I had people taking care of the kids and I'd, you know, I'd be running back and forth and run home. But the truth is, yeah, I would be sliding through the doors like, like, uh, you know, like a baseball player, you know, trying to get a home run. I don't know about the quality of time in terms of when I was, I was exhausted. I was ready to go to sleep. I didn't want to listen necessarily to the stuff the kids wanted to tell me. So there is that side of it, too. Even though you're there, um, are you really there? It's a good question. I imagine she's probably, um, she seems to put motherhood ahead of everything else. And I imagine she's trying to come up with how she's going to balance it all. And she did say, I heard her say in an interview that she was going to focus the first year on strictly getting the girls transitioned to Washington, D.C., that was strictly her highest priority, and she wasn't. That was there was nothing that was going to get in front of that. I have confidence in kids. I don't think that the girls can have any trouble at all. Those girls look like they can handle whatever they need to handle. They're probably well, very bright, well, they, and because of how they were raised too. Yeah, because of, they've got two great parents. They went to the University of Chicago Lab School, which I, private school, which I assume is, a, is uh, making the assumption it's a great school. They're probably good students. I'm sure they're very accomplished. They're involved in everything. Uh, you know who has the most difficulty usually adjusting it's is the mother. The mother, not the kids. The kids are going to go to school, and uh, you know it's going to be they'll be fine. Well, I'm very curious what she ends up doing in her community. Cause my sense is is that's part of her transition is getting herself embedded in the community to have impact locally. Michelle Obama. I do. I think she has had impact in her community locally for a long time. Yeah. But being the president's wife or being the first lady, there are certain things that she has to do, and there are certain restrictions, and I imagine certain things she can't do. You know, I was reading in the New York Times, Lord, it was talking about the three different schools that they were considering. I don't think that they've chosen them yet in Washington, D.C., for Malia and Sasha Obama. 
One of them was the Sidwell School, which is a very famous private school, small, the Georgetown uh, School, and then I forgot what the third one was. And, of course, all of them are vying to have the girls at their school. And they interviewed one of the mothers. And these are people, one of the mothers, but the people who send their kids to those schools are also diplomats from around the world. We're we're not talking about your basic, you know, middle-class kind of neighborhood. You're talking about all these these very high-powered people who can't wait to have uh, the uh, Obama girls at the school, but one of the mothers said because her daughters can't wait to go to a sleepover at the White House. Oh, my God, what a riot. <laughs> Which you can understand. You know, I think about I never actually thought about that. When you're, what are they, 6 and 10 or something like that, you change schools and you now enter a school where all the diplomats' kids are going. Your life will never be the same because look who your friends are. Yeah, well, it's a whole new. Yeah, it is. It's you're never going to be this, but in a good way, in a different way. I mean, yeah, and then, but should it be the same? You know, that, you brought up something good. I think you brought up a good point because people, all, Americans, tend to always want to normalize everything. Everything has to be normal. We all have to be the same. We all have to kind of head towards the middle, that middle class lifestyle. Why? You know, their life is not normal. Their father is president of the United States of the of America. Uh, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, they are the president's children. They are different, and they will always be different, and that's okay. They don't have to be like you and 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 me. Well, I hate to say it, Catherine, but yeah. you're not normal, and neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're a bad example because Lauren and I are not normal. That's true. But for all I don't you know normal- who is normal. Who really is normal? I think a lot of people think that they're normal, but then if you compare, you know, to another household that you think is normal, there's other things that are going on in their household that's not normal either. Well, there's no normality. I don't know that there is even a norm. I, I, normal is kind of an outdated word anyway. Uh, it's like norm, there's a, there's norms, norms, but the norms have changed and norms are flexible and they change from generation to generation. So what's the norm? I mean, the norm for the, for the average family used to be mom, dad, two and a half kids. The average family today is not that Mom, dad, two and a half kids, nuclear family. It's totally changed. Single and mom. Even if it is, there's stuff, there's extraneous stuff going on even within or externally, even, you know, very peripherally with that family that makes them not so normal. You know, the father has a gay brother or, you know what I mean? There's always something. Exactly, because the family, right, there's just a whole slew of different kinds of characteristics to make up a family. So, anyway, did I mention the guests we're going to have on this morning? You did not. I'm eager to hear. Yeah, because, you know, Lauren likes a surprise. She doesn't even want to know. I do. I love a surprise. (laughs) Well, here's a surprise. I'm going to surprise you, my dear. I'm going to really surprise you because I'm not sure which guest is coming on first. Yes, I am. (laughs) No, I am. I know, I know, I know. All right, this morning we have actually two guests in the first seg, Byron Garrett, who's CEO of the National PTA, speaking of kids, oh. and Richard Kanowitz, President of Families Fighting Flu, and, which is a public health issue. We've had one of the doctors on who's headed this initiative to get your kids to get the flu shot, but this is kind of from a different perspective because they're still urging families to fight the flu together. Um, and they want you to do that, or you can do that, through the PTA vaccination clinics, which are being held nationwide. So we want to get the kids out to find out why they need, why it is so important for them to get the flu. Because I, you, we've talked about this. Is there some controversy? Uh, in the second half hour here, now, talk about norms. Well, you don't have this problem, so I don't even know. So you, this is not an issue for you. But this is the author of The Flat Belly Diet is going to be on. Now, she is one of the editors of Prevention Magazine, 
And if you look on the cover of her book, she definitely has a flat belly. Doesn't have this is not her problem. So she must do what she practices what she preaches in her book, the flat belly diet. Liz <laughs> Vaccarello, Vaccarello. She's one of the editors in chief of Prevention Magazine. But there are other reasons to have a flat belly, ladies and gentlemen, other than just wanting to have that sexy waist. There are health reasons for having a flat belly. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear this. Substantial ones, Lauren. Substantial ones. So. It's going to make me go do my sit-ups. You don't need to do sit-ups. You're tall and thin. I hate you. Anyway, 30 (laughs) seconds left. (laughs) This is Catherine Zox on Voice America with Lauren Beller, and uh, I'm your social worker with a microphone. Don't go away. Lauren and I will be back in a minute with our first guest. Real Talk with Marcy Mason, a refreshing and charming talk radio show for all of you entertainment enthusiasts. Whether you're stargazing on Hollywood Boulevard or in the stands cheering for your favorite team, Real Talk is here to satisfy the curiosity of the dedicated lifestyle and entertainment enthusiasts by giving everyday people the information they crave about what's going on in their communities and the world around them. Don't miss Real Talk with Marcy Mason, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. This isn't silence. It's nothing. Every year, a million families lose their homes to foreclosure because they do nothing. If you've fallen behind on your mortgage, do something. Call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council in this station. Keeping families together whole and healthy is sometimes a serious challenge to parents. And when there's a crisis, where do you turn for help? Right here. The Parents Hour with Dr. Arlene Kerman. An open and frank forum covering both legal and social issues surrounding our kids. Tune in for the Parents Hour with Dr. Arlene Kerman every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Radio Network. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. Thanks for joining us this morning on Voice America with Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller. And uh, we have two guests on the show this in this half hour, uh, Brian Garrett, who's the Chief Executive Officer of the National PTA, and Richard Kanowitz, President of Families Fighting Flu, which is a nonprofit organization made up of families who have experienced firsthand the death of a child due to influenza. So public health initiative urges families, let's fight, fight flu together. And this is through the PTA vaccination clinics, and this is being held nationwide. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Nice to have you on this morning. Oh, thank you, Catherine, for yeah. having us. Thank you. 
All right, I guess I got you in the nick of time because, I under, as I understand it, you really want the kids to get vaccinated in October and November. We're right at the end of November, but I guess we're not too late uh, for for uh, vaccinating our children. Oh, no, you're not too late. And actually, you know, flu season runs well into the early part of spring, and we'll actually be hosting our school and community clinics across the country all the way up through the end of February. Is this Byron or Richard? This is Byron. Okay, Byron. A question. First, let tell us what is the Let's Fight Flu Together Public Health Vaccination Initiative. What is it? Let's Fight Flu Together is a nationwide campaign that where National PTA, the Parent-Teacher Association, has partnered with Novartis Vaccines and Flu Busters to really heighten the awareness and visibility of the issues surrounding influenza. So you look at the fact that 38 million school days are lost every single year because of influenza children that are just unable to go to school because they're sick, but you look at the fact that this is a preventable uh, preventable issue, and so we want folks to get vaccinated. So what we've done is created this campaign not only to inform and educate parents, but also to allow them to take action by hosting and presenting a local flu shot clinic either at a school or a participating community center in their area where mom can take mom, dad, young brother, sister, the entire family and community members and go get vaccinated all at the same time. Uh, not only do the kids miss school, but parents miss work. Uh, statistics yes. I have here, 10 million work days, uh, parents take off caring for these six youngsters. Also, and this is, this is a horrific statistic, I guess there were 83 children were reported who died from influenza-related causes uh, last year, or in 2006, I guess it was. Talk to us about that, Richard, because uh, that was your own personal experiences, and I imagine that's why uh, you're part of this whole campaign for fighting the flu. Yes, um, my daughter Amanda, on March 1st, 2004, when she was four years old, died from influenza less than 72 hours after becoming ill. Uh, my wife and I at that time were unaware that influenza was a serious respiratory illness killing healthy children. She was not within the CDC guidelines for vaccination, so she wasn't vaccinated. Thankfully now the CDC guidelines are really clear. Six months to 18 years should be vaccinated. Um, in the 0304 flu season, over 150 children died, and so we're talking about many, many deaths from a vaccine-preventable illness. So doing the work of families fighting flu, um, other families who also lost their children, and supporting the Let's Fight Flu Together campaign is really a no-brainer for us. Um, it allows parents, children, um, relatives, teachers to all get vaccinated at local community centers and schools. It makes it easy for you, and so there can be no excuse not to get yourself and your child vaccinated each and every year, but particularly this year, um, at one of those centers. Richard, you know, you talk about neither either you or uh, Byron can answer this question. You say there's no reason or no excuse not to get the kids vaccinated because you hear sometimes on the other side, well, you know, maybe that you shouldn't get too many vaccinations for your kids because that in itself can be harmful, and if they're getting other vaccinations for other diseases, it may not be a good thing. Can either one of you address that? Sure. Um, you know, because of my daughter's death, you know, my wife and I spent a lot of time with CDC doctors as well as other doctors and healthcare providers um, trying to find out what influenza is about and, you know, the safety of vaccines. And everything we've read and every person we spoke to says the flu vaccine is safe and there's benefits. And that's why we get ourselves as well as our children vaccinated each and every year. And I can only urge parents to go ahead, inform themselves, educate themselves, find out about the vaccines, that there's multiple choices these days, and to do what's best for their family. And I think at the end of the day, after they look at all the literature and speak to all the people, that they're going to conclude, like we do, that getting an annual influenza vaccination is the right thing to do for themselves and their family. 
could save lives. Okay. So at this point now, and listeners are listening obviously all around the country, they can go or call their local PTA and find out where they can actually take their kids to get the shots. Yeah, and actually the easiest thing for them to do, Catherine, is to go to the website, which is www.pta.org backslash flu shot clinics, and that's with an S. They'll find all the information in terms of what schools, what community areas, community centers are participating, and also the details about how you schedule the appointment so that when you go to campus you can bring in the whole family at the same time. gives you all those details on the website. All right, what else? Now, in, uh, besides... Uh, getting the vaccination. There are other things that parents can do to help kids and families because once the kids get the flu also, it seems I know in my family, I have three boys, everybody got the flu. You know, it just passed it around, so it became a family flu. But what are some of the influenza prevention tips that every family should know about? Because there are things that we can do in, in line with getting the vaccine to also help prevent getting the flu for kids and, and adults. Well, you know what, everyone makes that assumption like, oh, it's the time in cold or should we just make sure that we lessen the germs and make sure we wash hands and use wipes and all those kinds of things. And all that holds true, but, but the reality is the most important factor in this particular case is for folks to get a flu shot. I mean, I, I think when you talk with Richard and you look at their situation and, and the tragic loss of Amanda, one has to recognize, I'm sure as a parent, like most parents do, they say do all the things to prevent germs, but the reality is the one thing they weren't able to do at the time because it wasn't recommended was to get a flu shot. And so we asked parents to really take heed to the information with the CDC offering these updated guidelines this year and recognizing that it's not let's do this as opposed to, yes, do all of those natural hygienic things to stay well and fit throughout the winter season and make sure that you get a vaccination. And I would echo that. The one thing my wife and I did not do, and we did everything else, Amanda was healthy, she ate right, you know, we we were clean. Um, The one thing we didn't do, and we wish we did do, in hindsight, is get her vaccinated because had we done that, she'd be here today. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that, Richard, because I think sometimes people are listening say, well, maybe Amanda wasn't well, as you said, or she didn't get enough sleep, or she was an at-risk child. You know, people rationalize this, and and you're saying that's not true. Uh, it's, It's an urban legend. It's a myth. It's misinformation. Amanda was a happy, healthy little girl, and she died. And she died less than 72 hours. And again, the only thing my wife and I didn't do was get her vaccinated that year. So I urge all parents, you don't want to be in the situation my wife and I find ourselves in. Get yourself, get your child vaccinated this year. Go to www.pta.org slash flu shot clinics with an S at the end. Get yourself vaccinated each and every year for influenza. It could save lives. Do you find, and this is, we just have a few seconds left because I think you guys have to get off at, at uh, 25 past the hour. Well, thank but, you so much, Catherine. We're out yeah, of time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, mention the website one more time because it's really important. People run yes. to get their pens. Go yes. ahead and then, uh, and then we'll say goodbye. www.pta.org backslash flu shot clinics with an S. That's how we can all fight flu together. Thank you so much. Byron Garrett, CEO of the National PTA, Richard Kanowitz, President of Families Fighting Flu. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. So, Lauren, there's the there's our answer. Oh, tragic! I, can't uh, even I know that is so tragic, and I think also Richard, uh, who is president of Fam- Richard Kanowitz, uh Families Fighting Flu, uh, I think that's made up also of a lot of parents who have lost their children to the flu. Wow. That- that group, and so they are all part of this group to fight off vaccines, because I have been one of those kind of, and you and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think, on the show, when we had a a physician who was also not involved in this group, but another group. Um, 
a little bit leery, well, maybe you don't need to get the flu shot, but boy, when you hear something like that, I mean, yeah, his daughter, four years old, perfectly healthy, young, you know, child, and uh, not an at-risk child, and then winds up, uh, you know, dying from the flu is really scary. It is scary, because you think at four years old, you can reason with them to get enough fluids and to rest, and but... It's just amazing. Sierra had the flu last year. I think it was last year. We all had it. I remember. Tiny, tiny, and so sick, and oh, it was awful. Yeah. I had the flu last year, too, and I was so, so sick. I remember, because you told me I should get in the car and drive anyway to my speaking gig. (laughs) (laughs) She's never going to forgive me for that. We have to tell everybody, because they don't know us now. We're on a new channel, by the way, everybody, and, uh, you know, you can call us if you want to... uh, I'm going to give them that number again because I listen to all the other guests and they give out the guest call-in number and we never do. But guest call-in number is 866-472-5787. If you have something good to say or you want to have something not so good to say to Lauren or to me, give us a call at 866-472-5787. Lauren is never going to forgive me for last year. She said, not sure... Well, first, not sure I can be on the show. I said, well, you're, you know, you're still alive. You can still talk. You're on the show. That's it. Okay. Then she gets on the show, and she has to do this big lecture or whatever. She's always doing these huge lectures in Dallas or wherever, complaining that she can't get in the car and drive there. I said, come on, just get in the car, go do it, and then go to your hotel room and go to bed. This is my attitude, which was the same attitude I had when I raised my kids, by the way. And normally the one that I have most of the time. Then I got the flu, <laughs> and I couldn't get out of bed. Couldn't and function. I couldn't function. I mean, they're so. I mean, it was debilitating. It is I, debilitating, and so it makes sense. You know, if you don't, if you can avoid having your child have the flu, I'd say, oh my God, it you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe the this particular strain, and I don't know if this is true or not. It's maybe worse than it was that it gets worse sometimes there are strains that are certain strains that are worse than other this is not coming from a doctor but from a social worker and so you can get even more sick i don't know if that's the case one of the things though that there were some preventative measures besides the vaccine that you can do i mean in conjunction with and what and this i do this automatically i don't know if kids do this automatically tell me if sierra does lauren has a, a two plot a two-year-old almost three-year-old, and um, for those of you who are new to us or to program, I have to kind of give you a family background, but one of the things, you know when kids blow their nose, well, usually, or when they sneeze, they usually just sneeze all over everybody, uh, you know, they just sneeze over their toys and over their friends, and they don't do anything to, you know, put their hands over their mouth, but sneeze into your elbow, That's that, that's, and I do that. That's a good... Actually, Sierra covers her mouth when she sneezes. She does? Yep. Well, do you sneeze into your elbow? It's very, very attractive on an adult. (laughs) (laughs) I've never thought about sneezing into my elbow. In other words, rather your hand. Yes, because your hand, you sneeze into your hand, you're at a meeting, then you shake the next person's hand, and, you know, you've already... You're supposed to wash your hands after you sneeze in them. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Run out of the room, and you're not going to do that. I mean, you're at a meeting, you sneeze, you... You sneeze and then you sneeze and cover your mouth and then you shake somebody's hand. It's and true. That's pretty lousy. Yeah, that's not very nice. No, so, but it's what we do. Cause it, yeah, but I think you're right. Elbow's a smart place to sneeze. So next time you're up on stage giving one of your presentations and you have to sneeze, sneeze into your elbow. And, and then, then tell them why and they'll be very appreciative. <laughs> exactly. So that's one of my tips. Anyway. It's a great uh, tip. And there are several others, you know, like washing, always washing your hands, but you can't be this constant hand washer. Anyway, that's our music. We're going to take a short break. Catherine Zox with Lauren Bella, Voice America. We'll be back in a minute. 
Inside the World of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Careful at the party, hun. No alcohol, right? I know, Mom. Seriously, you're still growing, and it messes with your judgment. Yeah, I know. Trust me, you could do some things you don't really want to do. If you're a grown woman, it's different, but you're not. I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens, start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. Learn more at StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. When facing divorce or separation, couples need to leave behind the emotional baggage and stress that obviously remains long after the divorce is final. Tune into Living Passionately, Getting Beyond Divorce. Every week, your host, Lisa Fredette, a certified life and relationship coach, will take you through divorce recovery, relationships, self-discovery, and discovering the law of attraction. The show will offer a strong foundation to help you rebuild your life as a single person. Living Passionately. Getting Beyond Divorce is live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller, Voice America. And you guess call in number 866-472-5787. Give us a call, folks. We don't care what you have to say. Just give us a call. Want to hear your voices because we're new on Voice America. Uh, it's so hard for me not to say Voice America Women's. I've been saying that for so long. I've got to chop off that women thing so we can talk about now. It doesn't have to be women's issues, Lauren. We are free to talk about whatever we want. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Okay, here it is. Thanksgiving's coming up. Let's talk about Thanksgiving and family get-togethers. Wonderful, lovely family. You know, to grandmother's house we go. <laughs> most people are. I never know what you're going to spring on me. I know. I think most people are dreading Thanksgiving. I shouldn't say that. You it's a wonderful. I don't know. I like the holiday. It's very simple. You know, you can all have to. For be... you. Why is it simple? Usually holidays are complicated. Okay, you said it. Simple. Is it simple? Well, you can. There's no gifts involved. So you don't have that whole level of gifts is not there. It's just about getting together and being grateful and noticing, you know, being. I don't. I think it's a pretty simple holiday. You I think it's so it. complicated. The, the, the gifts are the easiest part. Go online, order your gifts, and have them sent. Whatever that is. That's how I give my gifts now. I am like an online gift giver. Oh, I love online shopping. Me too. That's I my favorite. A, but that's Christmas. That's not Thanksgiving. Well, that shows how much you care. You, you go to your favorite website and order. <laughs> Oh, I just thought this was great. Just a wonderful gift. Very thoughtful. And this is my online gift. Okay, that's easy. But Lauren, Thanksgiving. You say get together, everybody's grateful. I'm going to talk about my family, and then I'm going to talk about... Remember well, you Deb- could move, wait, I have a recommendation for you. You could move 2,000 miles away from your family, and then you wouldn't have to worry about it. That's how you solved your problem. <laughs> I always had a nice Thanksgiving. It was always, like, simple, and 
you know, it, it was always my mother's birthday, actually. This year is my mother's birthday on the day. So it wasn't a question of where I was going to go. It was my mother's birthday. I was going to go to her house or whatever, wherever we were having it. So you had, okay, that, and that's one of the major issues. Well, there are several, there's all kinds of stuff surrounding these holidays. And I had Deborah Fine on the show, on my, another show I was on. Remember Deborah Fine? I she do. Spoke, I spoke you, with her a couple weeks ago, huh? Yeah, you both spoke together at this yes. big conference in New York. And you were both great. And anyway, she's the author of The Fine Art of Small Talk. Huh? And, uh, she's a riot, isn't she? she? Very funny. A former yeah. engineer turned coach turned comedian. I, I was going to say, more comedian than anything. More, yeah, she is. She's a comedian. And she talks about Thanksgiving, and that's what we were talking about on the show. She was talking about how Thanksgiving can be so toxic. Uh, you know, even the ideal family getting together uh, and some of the very uncomfortable things that happen at the family table. And, I, you know, some of the things you should say, some of the things you shouldn't say. Uh, that can be, and she lists the ten, the top ten conversation bombshells. You've got them right there, don't you? <laughs> no, I, can't I remember wait. them. Let's hear them. <laughs> Let me hear. So you I'll know, you, you, I've, I probably have at least one on the list. Do you want to say yours first? No, I don't have it. I don't know what it is. I'm just, I am, I'm always doing that. I walk, you know, I put my foot in my mouth, and I say, do I just say that. Well, okay, do you say this to the person? You have 10 or 12 people at the table, and I've had people say this to me, and I, and I could just, I wanted to really shoot them. I, actually, my ex-in-laws used to say that. Uh, may they rest in peace. I don't want to, they were really good people. But uh, if I were on a diet at Thanksgiving, or I kind of want to moderate what I want to eat, the question was, aren't you full yet? Why aren't you eating anything? And, like, keep asking me why I am not eating anything. And I think that is one of the most annoying questions, like, Asking somebody at the table why they're not eating. If, if they want to eat, if they're adults particularly, they'll eat if they want to, and if they don't, they have a reason for not eating. So don't ask them that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I don't think I, well, I might ask at Thanksgiving, like, hello, why aren't you eating? But I would say it funny, not so serious. Here's one when I was not working and I was home with my three kids, drag, you know, feeling like a big house frow and big and lumpy and, and non-productive and everything else, and I'm running, you know. Here's one that you don't say to that new mother or the mother who is at home with the kids. Uh, I know you are a, a, a mother or a new parent, but um, haven't you thought about working yet? No. Oh, I've had that question asked to me. No way. It, yes. Who asked you that? Oh, I can't even remember. I'd be at some kind of a family gathering, and not necessarily the family. It might be friends of the family. Uh, when are you going back to work? When am oh. I going back to work? Look at me. I am sitting here. <laughs> That's a riot. Yeah. Do they not still ask that question anymore? No, I don't ever get asked. Well, I work, but still. No one, I don't think anybody would ever dare ask me that question. And here's one. When your kids, are, your son or daughter is trying to get into school, and it's like you haven't been through that. You've got a few years to go. Uh, and you're, like, really nervous. Thanksgiving is, like, after they've sent in all their applications to colleges. And it's really, really a time when everybody is on edge. But they don't know whether or not they've gotten into school because it doesn't happen till December 15th, early decision, and then not till April, I think, if you're regular decision. And the person sitting next to you, your brother or your sister, or probably your sister-in-law says to you, uh, did your son get into Yale? <laughs> no. Oh, yes, that's one of the questions did you get. Did that asked of you, too? Oh, I've had that question asked, yes. Maybe they think you can handle it because you are the social worker with a microphone. <laughs> Maybe. You, I think they're giving, trying to give you content for your, you know, your book or your radio show or something. Maybe. but I, I mean, never have been asked any kinds of questions, anything like this. But do you ask those questions? Are you one of those people who you're sitting beside and you're asking those kinds of questions? No, never? I don't ask those questions. 
because it doesn't matter. Deborah Fine says, don't ask the question unless you know the answer to the question. That's a good... Well, that's sort of boring. <laughs> well, you're just being polite. But uh, or it, it, you're just being polite. But I think it's... It can be very, I think people sometimes get very, not I think, people do, and because I am a social worker, Lauren, even though I know you have these wonderful Thanksgivings and everybody asks the right questions and it's, 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 it's warm and fuzzy and grateful, and I'm happy for you, but some people don't have that. And I think we need to address that so people don't feel bad because I think very often they feel very stressed out. They feel like they should be enjoying the holiday in that way, and they're not because of all the stuff that's you know that's, that's well, happening to them. I think so many families have so much drama. And drama. They bring it. the drama into the day, and it makes for a lousy day because the drama takes precedent over everything else. Now, I have some friends who shall remain nameless that have major drama around this particular day, and all day, all, not just all, you know, all holidays, but all days, you know. But I do think that it's about stepping up and deciding that the drama, we're going to not give energy to the drama, you know, because the more you give energy to it, the more drama is created. Give energy to that which you want to grow. That's a big fish principle. It is a big fish principle. Lauren is, that's the title of one of her books. Um, And, one of the main principles or the one that I live by is give energy to that which you want to grow and that's true don't give energy to the drama and it's, and then then the whole the holiday gets lost exactly. well here's an example what did you have well no because this you never had this problem because when you got divorced you didn't have kids exactly. so when, you know if 50 60% of the people here in the United States are divorced and they have children, and they have to share the kids at the holidays with their ex-spouse. Yes, but I that... have been on the other side of that. My parents are divorced, and I remember when I was uh, married before, I would try to be sure at Christmas holiday that I would meet everybody for Christmas. And that would mean, like, I'm not exaggerating, 12 damn Christmas celebrations in two days. And... Too much. It was crazy. So you're like my kids, and they say to me, because that's the position that they're in. It's you know, hard. It's it, very difficult, and they say, you don't understand that, because my parents weren't divorced. Exactly. I don't think unless your parents were divorced, you ever really think about all the different places. And when you add a second family, so it's not just your own family. And you know, so for me, it was my mother and then my father's family, and then you add my ex-husband's family on it. It was just craziness. It was craziness. That's exactly what they say, and, and and they say that. So sometimes these holidays become overwhelming. You know, we do every other Thanksgiving, it's but a then marathon. We, it's, yeah, a it's a marathon. marathon. Yeah, and and uh, I I never really thought about that. I'm glad I brought it up because yeah, you come from that perspective, and so it becomes kind of like trying to please everybody exactly. at Thanksgiving. The divorced kids, and you know, Lauren, the myth is what they say. You know, kids who come from divorced families. Part of the myth is, you know, this lonely kid or kids who, you know, has nobody to want to be with them. And it's quite the opposite. They have too many families, too many people who want to be with them. It's true. Now, it's funny. Now, I never had that feeling at Thanksgiving. I only had it at the Christmas holiday, which is interesting. I don't know why. I Obviously, I didn't apply that same rule of needing to be see everybody around Christmas as I did, to, or vice versa. I didn't apply the rule at Thanksgiving as I did to Christmas, so maybe that's why that particular holiday feels pretty simple to me. Our family fights over who's going to have Thanksgiving. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because we're very, very, all three of us, my my siblings and I, are very controlling, and we always like, all of us like to be in control, and we want it at our house, so it's whose house is it going to be at, and then... 
<clears throat> their their spouses also wanted it their maybe have it at their family's house, and then we have my mother, who's the one lone grandmother left, and we're all vying for her to come to our house. <laughs> <laughs> so who won this year? Uh, nobody, it was kind of like we didn't, what my brother sort of said what you said, don't give energy to the drama. He didn't say it in that way. He said, I'm just going to let, let go and however we do it. So I'm going to, we're going, here, do you want to hear the complicated scenario? Um, if you're real, willing to share the drama. Okay, here's, here it is. This is what we're going to do. I don't know if this is crazy or not, but anyway, Barry and I are going to one brother's house for Thanksgiving. Then we're flying to New York to be with my kids on the third and fourth day of the Thanksgiving weekend because the boys are going to be with their father Thanksgiving and the day after. Exactly. Then my other brother is going to have, and his wife are going to have dinner with us Wednesday when we go to my brother's, when we go up to Maine where my other brother lives. So we'll have Wednesday night with them. And my mother is going with one of her grandchildren who is in graduate school in Washington and having Thanksgiving at a hotel. <laughs> oh, my God, that's a riot. That's how she solved the problem. That's so funny. You have to be creative, folks. You, you know, there's no norm. We were talking about norms before we took the break. You've got to be creative and don't think that you have to stick for a, with a certain kind of normality. Exactly. Well, that's when we get stuck. That's when we get stressed because we stick with, like, the old box that we were li- thinking about and living and making ourselves crazy. I used to do it. Yeah, I, that old box doesn't work. No, and if it's not working for you, in other words, and you know it's not working for you if it's causing you stress or agita or whatever, you know? Yeah, and I think we have to, I, I think it's important for us to talk about this stuff during the holidays because it really is a big issue. I mean, it is. I, as a social worker, I see this all the time in all families. I mean, and even families who normally get along during the year, somehow when the holidays come, all the old issues come up and everybody has to stop and deal with their all that stuff that they haven't been dealing with for the past year, and it all comes out during the holidays. And then That's people funny. do yeah, they feel guilty, they feel, uh, you know, um, some people feel guilty, other people don't, but um, all the stuff comes up. It's so funny. It yeah. happens all the time in every family. It's never just simple, okay, now we're going to do this, unless it's thought about long ahead of time or maybe the year before the next person is sort of appointed or takes charge or whatever, you know. I don't know how you avoid it. Well, this is what I said to everybody. You're all invited to my house next year. As oh, my brother goes, you mean next week? And I said, no, not next week. I'm doing 2009. I've already <laughs> said it. <laughs> okay, we have to take a break. Our next guest, Lauren, is author of The Flat Belly Diet. Wait to Liz, hear it. Yeah, Liz Vac- Editor-in-Chief of Prevention Magazine. You're listening to Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller, Voice America. We'll be back in a minute. No excuses, no delays. If you have goals you want to achieve or changes you need to make, then it's time to take charge of your life with America's change buddy, Nancy Christie. This show will help you lead a more productive and fulfilling life starting now. Take Charge of Your Life challenges you to expand your sense of possibilities. Take Charge of Your Life with Nancy Christie is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Let change be a positive force in your life. Hi, my name is Stanley, and I've been arrested for stealing shoes. 
I didn't really steal them, but I've been sent to Camp Green Lake anyway. The worst punishment a kid could get. And at Camp Green Lake, we dig holes. Lots of holes. I've only been here a short time, but I think the camp director is up to something. I'm Stanley Elnats, and I'm covering more than dirt at Camp Green Lake. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Holes by Lewis Sacker. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Catherine Sox is Lauren Beller, Voice America. I'm your social worker with the microphone. Joining us in this half hour, author of The Flat Belly Diet, Liz Barquette, I'm going to say this, Vaccarello, Vaccarello. She is the vice president, senior vice president, editor-in-chief of Prevention Magazine, and she's seen her on the, featured on The Biggest Loser, Rachel Ray, The Early Show, and The View. Now, the uh, title of the new book is Flat Belly Diet. For years, Prevention Magazine has heard from women across America that despite their best efforts, they can't lose the jiggly belly fat. That is I. That builds up, I was writing to you, that builds up around their middles, especially once they hit 40. So true. 67% of them say it's the body part they most want to change. Actually, that's the only part of the body I need to change. Shrinking and expanding waistline, however, isn't just a matter of vanity. Excess belly fat can significantly increase your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and chronic illness more than any other type of body fat. Not just for men, not just for men, not just for women, but also for men for both. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Liz. My pleasure. I screwed up your last name. Would you just say it so that we have the right Vaccarello. 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 This is like a huge issue. And I looked at the back of the cover of your book. I mean, you don't have any belly fat, so I assume that you follow (laughs) this diet. Well, we all have belly fat. We all have fat. We need a a little bit of fat in order to survive. Um, But what I wanted to find a solution to this, as you said, this very deadly fat, this dangerous fat, and after 40 in particular, a lot of us, we never had belly fat, but now all of a sudden there's this little pooch and I can't get rid of it. And, but I didn't want to just come up with a diet and call it the flat belly diet. I want, I'd always heard you can't spot reduce. So I wanted to be able to be credible with it. So I said to my nutrition director, who is also a registered dietitian, I said, is there any research out there, any science that can show us a way to do this? And she came back into my office a few weeks later and she said, there is. There's groundbreaking science and research out of Europe and Australia in particular that shows eating a certain kind of way, eating a diet rich in MUFA will target belly fat specifically and make weight loss easier. What is MUFA? MUFA, <laughs> it stands for monounsaturated fatty acid. These are the healthy oils found in many plant foods. And so there are five categories of MUFAs on the flat belly diet. And you eat 
a specific portion of MUFA at each of four meals throughout the day. So the, Do MUFA, are they, is that like, I mean, it tastes good, right? MUFA, what are those MUFAs? <laughs> MUFAs, MUFAs are just, it's a nutrient. A MUFA, the MUFA is a monounsaturated fatty acid. It's a, it's a nutrient found in each of these five categories of foods. And so the first category is olives. Um, so green olives, black olives, olive tapenade. Often we on the diet we recommend that you have tapenade instead of mayonnaise as a condiment. The second category is oils. Liz, olive I have oil. olives in my martini. Is that okay? Yeah, that's all right. As long as you stick to 400-calorie meals, that's fine. Um, so we're, uh, oils is, is olive oils and walnut oils. So you're cooking your chicken breast or your steak or whatever in, a, in one tablespoon of oil, and that's your mufa at that meal. The third category is nuts and seeds, sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and um, almonds and walnuts and peanuts, and by extension, peanut butter. There's peanut butter on a flat belly diet. Which is the great, fourth, and I think peanut butter, all of those things that you mentioned really taste good, and they really, in and of themselves, are adding them to other foods, and so it's easy to do that. I think the only problem is, I'll tell you my problem, I eat too much of them. Well, you know, that's I, right. That's The flat belly diet guides you into how to incorporate these MUFAs into a 400-calorie meal. So you're, to keep your energy up and your and satiety up, um, people are, uh, our dieters who go on the plan say that they fill up fast and they stay fuller longer because these MUFA-rich foods are so filling. The next, the, ne- the fourth category of MUFA is avocado, which is so healthful and so rich and one of the most misunderstood fruits on the planet. It is so healthy. And you're not going to have three avocados. That's way too many calories, but you have a quarter cup of avocado as part of your meal or as guacamole, and that's your MUFA. And then the You're so final, right, and I want to, that avocado thing, because I have, like, avocados twice a week, and someone said to me, I'm glad you brought up that point, Liz, they'll say, well, avocados are fattening. I said, well, I'm not going to um, eat a half a dozen avocados. I'm cutting it in half. It, it has exactly. just what you described in terms of nutrients, and that's all I need, a quarter or a half of an avocado, and, and I'm good to go. So the, any food is fattening if you eat too much of it. Now, avocados are calorie-dense. So as you say, as, as long as you're having a small portion of it, you're getting all these healthful oils and nutrients in it, and you're filling up. And then the final category of MUFA is dark chocolate. So one of the favorite breakfasts on the flat belly diet, for example, is a cherry chocolate frozen waffle. You take a frozen waffle, defrost it in your toaster, defrost some frozen bean cherries on top, and then melt a quarter cup of dark chocolate chips, just the Toll House chips you buy in your grocery store. You melt a quarter cup of that over your waffle, and that's breakfast. And I haven't had a waffle since 1978. <laughs> <laughs> this is one way to do it. No, seriously, especially during the holiday, which is nice because when you have you know, friends over and family and stuff. But also, listen to your book. I mean, this is really definitely a how-to book, the Flat Belly Diet book, but you have success stories. Tell us about one of the the success stories that stick out in your mind? Well, we wanted to show as well as tell the results of the flat belly diet, so we put a test panel on the, on the plan two summers ago, and so many of these people are in the book. Many of them were nurses, actually, and they've come to eat this way for life. They're like, don't even call it a diet. It's so healthy. I've lost so much weight. But you know what? The bigger compliment to me, guys, is that people are saying their energy is up, they're sleeping better, their cholesterol and blood pressure numbers are down, that, that this is such a healthy way of eating, and it's about so much more than weight loss. But our star tester 
is a woman named Marianne, and she went on the diet. She lost 15 pounds in 32 days, but she continued to She had a lot of weight to lose, so she continued to eat this way. And she's gone from a size 16 eight months ago to a size 4. She wow. just looks It's changed her entire life. That's incredible. Um, so and, she not and, only looks better, but she's healthier. And, I do, and like you say, I mean, and you stress this in the book, it's not just that you look really well and you can fit into that dress you want to wear for the holidays, but you also, you, you can even lower your blood pressure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe even it's, lieu of taking medication. Who knows? It's, it's, it's wonderful. We've had some testers who've gone off their pre-diabetic medication because of it, because this is, it's a healthful diet. It's enough calories. It's 1,600 calories a day. It's enough at that amount that was chosen by our registered dietitian because that's enough calories to A, um, get all the nutrients you need and all the calories you need to just get through the day. And you're not going to have fatigue. You're not going to succumb to cravings. So many diets have you on 1,200 calories or 1,300 calories. People are starving. They can't wait to go back to their old way of eating, and then they just gain it all back. And the other so we- thing, Liz, in your flat belly diet, it tastes good. I mean, avocados taste good. Nuts taste good. Chocolate tastes good. So it satisfies your 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 taste buds, which you That's need right. to do too. So you're not That's dying right. to get off the diet. Well, we have what we wanted to do was make this as appealing to as many people as possible. So there's recipes in the book, and there's everything from a, an elegant butternut squash soup that, with pumpkin seeds on it that you can make for Thanksgiving, to spaghetti and meatballs and pizza and a balsamic vinaigrette marinated flank steak that my father loves. My mother's on the diet, and she makes it for my father. And there's all sorts of desserts because we want people to be able to eat whatever they want, um, but just in a portion-controlled way and with incorporating these healthy belly fat-targeting MUFAs. And it's a hand-holding diet because if you go to any of these well, you have the spaghetti squash casserole, for instance. You have the, um, the calories. You have the fat. It's all listed there. It tells you how much to serve, what to serve it with. So, you, you know, usually I have to go online and look up the calories of something I'm eating. But if you, have, you know, follow the, these uh, recipes, everything is right there. Right, right. Yeah. We have recipes for people who like to cook, but we also have ready-made assemble meals where you can just you slap a few things together and make a sandwich or a salad. We even have frozen meals that we recommend for people who don't want to cook at all. And you just, we recommend these frozen meals that are a certain amount of calories where you add 10 olives or a handful of nuts to the frozen meal, and that's your, that's your MUFA, 400 calorie MUFA meal. All right. No excuse, ladies and gentlemen, for not having a flat belly. 30 seconds left. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning, Liz. Terrific. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Flat Belly Diet, editor in chief of Prevention Magazine, Liz Vaccarello. Thanks so much. And uh, Lauren, we're going to say goodbye. Our first day on Voice America, Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller. And, and uh, hope you had a great day because we'll be back next week on Wednesday at 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox.
Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. If you're looking for a better way to clean the air in your home or office, you need the all-new ozone light. It's as simple as changing your light bulbs. The ozone light looks like a normal spiral type of light bulb. It screws in most standard light sockets, but it's not a normal light bulb. It's coated with titanium dioxide. It's completely safe, but this unique coating kills most airborne bacteria, mold spores, and neutralizes odors. Just one light cleans the air in an entire room and lasts eight times longer than the normal light bulb. If you have smokers, if you have allergies, if you have pet odors, mold, or mildew, you need the ozone light. It will wipe them out, and you have our word. If you're not satisfied with the way the ozone light cleans the air in your home, simply return it for a full refund. Here's the number to call to order. 800-380-4259. 800-380-4259. Save up to $100 now. 800-380-4259. 800-380-4259. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of 